You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Prepare for glory. What's going on? You got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone. Touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matt Bruning. It is Tuesday, December 4th, and man, did today start off with a huge bomb in the news. Especially those uh, like myself who um, affiliate themselves with the Ohio State University. Uh, I will get to that in... Uh, actually, you know what? We don't even have to worry about dropping the news, dropping everything. So Urban Meyer has retired from coaching, quote unquote. Um, I do think that he eventually comes back to coaching, but he has left the Ohio State University. He will no longer be coaching them. Uh, Ryan Day, the uh, former offensive coordinator, the guy who uh, was the interim head coach for the first three games of the season this year while Urban Meyer was suspended, uh, took over. He will be the new head coach, signed a five-year deal uh, with the kind of retirement of Urban Meyer. On Urban's side first, um, sad to see him go. Huge fan of Urban since uh, before, even when he was at Florida. Didn't like all the winning he did there, but uh, loved when he came to Ohio State and did all the winning he's done there. Obviously, um, has kind of become fairly well known for his one letdown game with the team. They've always lost kind of one game that everybody felt they should have won. Did bring us the first national championship of the playoff era back in 2015 with that loaded team beating Alabama and and Oregon uh, was awesome. I'll never forget that. Uh, never forgive. Uh, never forget that about him. Uh, you know, was at the game. Uh, created a lasting memory for myself. Uh, took my father and my little brother to the game. Uh, one of the best experiences of my life, and I'll never forget that. And uh, I will always remember him for bringing that to us as Ohio State Buckeye fans. Uh, again, sad to see him go, um, understand the circumstances and why he was leaving. I know a lot of it is being played on his health. Um, I'm not sure I 100% buy that. A lot of that was floated uh, at Florida as well when he started getting himself into trouble with different things, and they use that as kind of the out 
on why he was leaving Florida. I do think he's going to coach again. That's why I said, uh, quote, unquote, on the retiring from coaching thing. He's only 54 years old. Uh, so I imagine he's going to take a step back for a year or two, like he did from Florida, uh, kind of focus on his health, get himself better. And I do think he's going to come back to coaching. Uh, it's definitely going to suck, obviously, to see him go somewhere else other than the Buckeyes, especially with as good as he's been for us. But, you know, I wish him all the best. Hope he hope he gets healthy and everything, um, and we'll see what ho- the future holds for him. As for Ryan Day and the Buckeyes, I understand the hire. I think it was a, was a good hire for the Buckeyes. You know, uh, it allows them to keep the same infrastructure. They're keeping all of the same coaches and everything uh, that Urban had, so it allows them to kind of get the same recruits. Um, you're not taking a step back. With Ryan Day, he's running what Urban Meyer left. He's running an Urban Meyer-ish like program. Uh, so I think that's good for Ohio State and their recruiting trail and everything still uh, shouldn't, at least I would think, allow them uh, to earn. They wouldn't expect them to take a step back next year, technically. Um, I do think with Urban uh, leaving, that really does push Dwayne Haskins out the door. I think he's now going to go into the NFL, uh, which is huge for him. I think he's going to be the second prospect behind Justin Herbert, if Herbert even comes out. If he doesn't, I think Haskins easily jumps up to the number one on the board for quarterbacks. Um, If he stays, obviously that's great for Ohio State. He's a Heisman hopeful. I don't think he wins it this weekend. He will be there. Um, Speaking of Heismans, real quick, uh, Tua Vailoa. Uh, from Alabama, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, and Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, the Ohio State University, all were invited to be uh, the three finalists for the Heisman. Uh, and I'll tell you who I think wins that in a minute, but just to kind of introduce those three. Uh, but I don't think he wins it, obviously, as I was just talking about. Uh, and if he comes back, I think that's great things for the Ohio State program. But I don't think he will with Urban leaving. means we're going to be left in the hands of Tate Martell. Not thrilled about that as I don't think he's a, a very accomplished thrower of the ball. He's more of a runner like Tebow was. Although with Ryan Day being there now, uh, they may recruit a different quarterback. Tate Martell is by far uh, someone that uh, Urban Meyer has gone after, such as uh, Tim Tebow, JT Barrett. Um, Braxton Miller even before that. So I do think uh, uh, Ryan Day may bring in somebody else, uh, someone other than Tate Martell. Uh, It will be very interesting to see what kind of quarterback he brings. Hopefully he brings in someone like Dwayne Haskins type. As for the Heisman, again, uh, there was three finalists. Uh, the Tuatunga Valoa out of Alabama, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma, Dwayne Haskins, the Ohio State University. If I had a vote, I would vote Kyler Murray. Uh, Tua has been awesome all year long, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do think that Alabama would still be undefeated if Tua was not there and Jalen Hurts was playing quarterback. Would he have put up his, the numbers Tua did? No, he would not have. Uh, what Tua has done and the numbers he's put up has been extremely impressive, but Oklahoma would not be anywhere near where they are without Kyler Murray. And I, to me, I think that makes him the Heisman. Um, it doesn't have to do anything with what happened this weekend either. I know a lot of people are talking about that might have pushed Kyler Murray over. Uh, to uh, in this one for me, I think Kyler Murray has been the Heisman winner for the past couple weeks. Uh, I don't think Dwayne Haskins should be overlooked, though. If you compare his numbers to those two, he is literally right there in that category. Um, would have the most touchdowns unless you count Kyler Murray's rushing touchdowns. Um, but dude, he's been awesome and uh, one of the best quarterbacks all around this year. Uh, even though he's not going to get any love, obviously with Tua and Kyler being there, I do think he deserves to be in the conversation. 
So, with all of that being said, let's go ahead and talk about what's going to go on the rest of today's podcast. Uh, all I'm really going to do today is break down the rest of the Sunday slate and the Monday night football game. Um, and then that's it. Uh, all probably we're going to have time for today. Uh, but then I'll kind of discuss what we'll do going forward the rest of the week. Post game show is brought to you by. Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right, so the first game we are will or I will be breaking down today will be between uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags taking this one six to nothing. Uh, not something you see very often in the NFL these days. For Indy's side, uh, so Andrew Luck struggled in this one. Obviously, just ten points. Uh, in fantasy, not quite what you would expect out of him. 248 in the air, one interception. Uh, obviously not a great day for him, uh, but you just keep moving forward with him. There, there's no doubt about luck and his ability at this point, as good as he's been uh, so far this year. For the running backs, Naheem Hans has the best day for them, uh, doing almost all of this in the air, though. 50 yards on nine catches, getting just five uh, rushing yards on four attempts. Marlon Mack doesn't do much in this one. 27 yards uh, on eight carries and then six yards in the air. Uh, You know, three points in fantasy. Neither one of these guys doing much for you, but then again, obviously when you get shut out by Jaguars defense, that looked a lot like the 2017 Jaguars defense, which is good to see if you're a Jags fan. Obviously, this year kind of a lost year, uh, but hoping maybe something will happen for him next year. Uh, we talked about it Friday. I thought T.Y. Hilton would have a good day. Uh, while he doesn't score, he still comes through for you in fantasy, in my opinion. 11.7 points, 8 uh, catches for 77 yards. Uh, obviously, nobody else in this game did anything in the receiving game, but T.Y., you know, 11 points, you're going to take that out of him, uh, especially against the Jags defense like this obviously if he had scored uh would have jumped him up big time uh but not a lot of the key wide receivers came through for you this week uh eric abron ebron uh continues to just ball out as a top tier tight end uh no touchdown this week which is surprising as as often as he scored this year but does get you 81 yards on 10 catches to get you 11 points in fantasy For the Jacksonville Jaguars, so obviously Blake Bortles bench, so we see Cody Kessler come in and play, Uh, and realistically doesn't do much better than what Blake Bortles was doing here, so just 8.8 points in fantasy, 150 yards in the air, uh, 28 yards on the ground. Not a great day. Uh, We'll see if better days are to come from him, and if he's even going to continue to start. I would imagine he's going to be the starter uh, probably for the rest of the year. I think they, they've they probably decided at this point they're moving on from Blake Bortles, uh, but we'll see if he ever gets his job back. Uh, for the running back, so T.J. Yeldon here leads the backfield, uh, at least in points, a lot of that, uh, much like Naheem Hines coming in the receiving game, though. 49 yards on seven catches does add 16 yards on eight rushes to get you a whopping 10 points. Carlos Hyde here, who you would think was going to be kind of the leader of the backfield. Now, he did get more uh, carries than anybody else, 13 to TJ Yeldon's eight, uh, but just gets 36 yards to get you 3.2 points in fantasy. Uh, I'm really starting to think that Carlos Hyde uh, might unfortunately be done here, uh, which is a sad thing to state considering uh, how good he was up to just a year ago uh, and being a Buckeye. I really don't want to see the guy go away, but he has struggled to do much of anything uh, this year in Cleveland or now in Jacksonville. 
For the wide receivers, Dante Moncrief is the only one that really produces any points, and it's just five points for you, 5.5 to be exact. Uh, you know, uh, just a bad day all around. 40 yards on three catches. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jacksonville. Um, you know, Indy, I think, is going to be fine. I wouldn't worry about them at all. Just a bad game for the Colts in that offense. They were going to... S- they were going to stumble here eventually, especially the run that they've been on. Uh, but I do think they'll be fine even as early as next week. But Jacksonville here, uh, I'm just I'm not sure Cody Kessler is the. Obviously, I don't think Cody Kessler is the answer. I saw him in Cleveland. I think he's a viable backup, but not somebody who's going to stretch the field. Not exactly a, a strong arm. Uh, so we'll see if he's able to hold on to the starting job the rest of the year uh, and and really do anything with it. The next next game up, we have the Arizona Cardinals uh, beating the Green Bay Packers twenty to seventeen. For we'll start uh, with Arizona here. So Josh Rosen, uh, you know, not a great day here either. Just nine point two points in fantasy, a hundred and forty nine yards in the air. Um, you know, I as I've said many times, have not been a big fan of Josh Rosen. I, you know, I don't think. I gotta wait till next year. I gotta see what he does. Uh, obviously, there's already a lot of talk that Steve Wilkes is uh, the head coach for Arizona's coaching for his job already. Um, I'm not sure about that. I can't imagine the Cardinals hired him and then after one bad year fire him. I, I don't know what they were expecting out of them. I know the Cardinals uh, had a decent year last year. Maybe they weren't expecting them to be three and nine this year in Larry Fitzgerald's last year. Um, you know, obviously last year a lot of the the trials and tribulations I think were. Uh, you know, pushed on to the fact that they had so many injuries at the quarterback position and the running back position. Uh, now they got David Johnson back. They have Josh Rosen, who's supposed to be their future. They don't really have a, an offensive play caller, though. I mean, Byron Leftwich uh, loved him as a quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback's coach. Never called offensive plays before. Uh, I don't think he's calling great games now. Then again, I'm not uh, a great NFL mind uh, myself, so... We'll see if they make any changes in the offseason, if they maybe bring in a more accomplished play caller or if they just left Steve Wilkes go. Uh, but moving forward, I just I don't think you can read into anything for Josh Rosen this year. Just uh, allow this to be his experience to kind of boost him up, and we'll see where he goes forward or goes moving forward. David Johnson here, uh, 69 yards on uh, 20 carries. Uh, you know, get you just 7.7 points in fantasy, uh, which I know is very frustrating to a lot of people because Chase Edmonds rules the day with 19 points in fantasy, 53 yards on five rushes, rushes but vultures two touchdowns from David Johnson. Uh, obviously, David Johnson fans all over the world uh, pretty pissed off uh, seeing that stuff yesterday, but... Uh, I mean, there's really, it happens, you know, you just kind of have to ride the good with the bat on that one. Uh, the best wide receiver on the day was Christian Kirk, 54 yards and three catches to get you 9.2 points in fantasy. Larry Fitzgerald, 48 yards on three catches to get you 6.3 points in fantasy. Um, and with Christian Kirk, uh, he is now done for the year, put on IR. He broke his foot in this game. Uh, sad to see, uh, definitely one of the, the up and coming wide receivers, someone I thought could be very good wide receiver too uh, has looked really good at times this year so to see him kind of have his uh year ended short due to injury um sucks a little bit here would have loved to see him finish out the year for the green bay packers aaron Rodgers, 233 in the air with one touchdown getting you just 15 points 
in fantasy. Uh, obviously, just a bad day for him. I expected more out of him. I'm sure a lot of people did. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy ends up getting fired after this game due to the bad performance. We'll see what happens with this team. Obviously, uh, you would hope they continue fighting and playing, even though they're not technically eliminated yet. They pretty much are eliminated. A lot of us, uh, you know, counting on him, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams to win his fantasy championships. So let's hope that they keep playing this out. For the running backs, Aaron Jones, 36 yards on the ground and 11 carries with one touchdown. Um, you know, does a little bit in the passing game here, adding. Uh, 16 yards on four catches to get you I'm sorry, 13.2 points in fantasy. Uh, so a good day here. Obviously, the touchdown really kind of made the day for you. Um, you know, so I think you can continue trusting him as long as they're going to keep playing him, and, and we'll see how long that is going to be. Devontae Adams continues to be a beast. 93 yards on eight catches and a touchdown here to get you 19.3 points in fantasy. Uh, just a great day for Devontae. Expect him to continue doing that. And Jimmy Graham shows up on the score sheet here with nine points in fantasy. 50 yards on eight catches. Um, yeah, really don't expect much much more of that going forward from Jimmy Graham. But hey, uh, he did it, so uh, good, good, good for him. Hopefully this is the one week you played him or put him in your lineups because uh, it's the one week he uh, he did anything worth a damn. Next up, we have uh, the Chiefs and Raiders who had themselves uh, quite an interesting game here. Not one that I think many expected. I'm sure many expected the Chiefs to blow them out. Uh, the Chiefs did win the game, though, 42-33. Patrick Mahomes just continues to be on fire. 295 in the air with four touchdowns, 33 points in fantasy. Uh, going to be a lot of discussions around Patrick Mahomes when the offseason comes up if he is worth uh, taking in the first or the second round possibly in fantasy as he is just continuing to separate himself at the quarterback position. And it's going to, uh, you know, especially in redraft leagues, taking him is going to almost for sure give you a victory at the quarterback position every week. And that is kind of the goal is to win uh, every position every week. Patrick Mahomes right now, it doesn't look like anybody else is going to be in his class. He is going to be the clear 1A uh, and everybody else fighting. And I would even say the 1C category. I don't think there's going to be anyone close uh, to his production moving forward. At the running back, so obviously we talked about on Friday's podcast all the stuff that went down with Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware gets the start here, um, gets 14 carries compared to uh, Damian Williams, 5. Uh, he gets you 47 yards and a touchdown with those 11, um, I'm sorry, with those 14 carries to get you 11.7 points. Damian Williams, 5.5 points in fantasy with 38 yards on the ground um, and adds just seven yards in the receiving game for the receivers. Uh, well, none of these guys really did much of anything except for Chris Conley, who gets you 10 points in fantasy. And that's all because he gets you the touchdown three catches for 25 Tyree kill almost completely shut down in this game. 13, 13 yards on one catch and then gets 37 yards in the rushing game to get five points in fantasy. Uh, the guy that Mahomes was going to all day long yesterday, the tight end position, Travis Kelsey being the biggest benefit of that, 168 yards on 12 catches and two touchdowns to get you 33.8 points. Uh, Damian Harris as well participated in the tight end uh, frenzy here, getting 39 yards on three catches and 
a touchdown as well uh, to get you 11 points. Just a huge game for these two. Um, obviously, better days ahead for Tyreek Hill, who has been a baller all season long. For the Raiders, so Derek Carr reminding us of his MVP campaign in this one. 285 in the air with three touchdowns to get you 24.2 points in fantasy. Uh, great day for Carr. Still don't trust him moving forward, though. For the running backs, both Jalen Richard and Doug Martin come through for you in the RB2 category. Uh, Jalen Richard, 95 uh, yards on six rushes, uh, does add... I'm sorry, he uh, didn't do anything. Oh, no, yeah, he did. 31 yards. I'm sorry, 31 yards in the receiving game uh, to get you 13 points in fantasy. Doug Martin, 12 points in fantasy with 61 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. Both of them coming through, again, producing at the uh, the RB2 level, uh, which is exactly what you wanted when you picked them up. For the wide receivers, Jordy Nelson uh, comes back, uh, comes back from the dead, shows himself, shows a little life. Probably won't have anything close to this the rest of the year, but hey, uh, this is the one week you probably finally sat him. Now you, you've been sitting him for weeks now, uh, but 97 yards on 10 catches, getting you 14 points in fantasy. Marcel Aitman, the rookie, another guy that I really like here, gets a touchdown, just 16 yards though to get you eight points in fantasy. Uh, someone to watch for the future though, in Marcel Aitman really like him. Uh, and Jared Cook, the only uh, player really fantasy relevant on this squad, at least in my opinion, or, uh, or you can at least count him as a surefire starter every week. 100 yards on seven catches and one touchdown uh, to get you 19 points in fantasy. Uh, likely going to continue that trend with him. Uh, and it was good to see, uh, like uh, like Jared Cook coming back, uh, obviously struggled last week, so to see him bounce back this week was nice. Next up, we have uh, the New York Jets and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee taking this one 26-22 for the Jets. Josh McCowan uh, back out there again. Uh, Sam Darnold is expected to play this Sunday, uh, but could not go in this one. Uh, and Josh McCowan uh, disappointed and did everything he could to disappoint. Threw the ball 30 times. Got you a whopping 128 in the air and one interception to get you a whole lot of nothing. 4.4 points on this one. Uh, McCowan, you know, obviously his best days are behind him. Uh, actually had a few decent years here lately, uh, but just needs to go back to the bench and, and teaching Sam Darnold everything he can uh, to get him ready to be the future starter of the Jets. For the running backs, Isaiah Crowell comes through 12 points in fantasy, 98 yards and on uh, 21 carries. Um, you know, good for him. Uh, don't expect this to uh, continue going forward, but a uh, great day for him, Re- really. Uh, I'm sure nobody really expected that from him. Nobody else really does anything, though, for the running backs here for the Jets. And you can pretty much say the same thing for the wide receivers here. So Robbie Anderson does uh, the best here, 48 yards on four catches to get you 6.8 points. Uh, and that's really it. Chris Herndon, 31 yards. Uh, Jordan Leggett, nope, not Jordan Leggett. My goodness, Matt, I don't know how to read. No, it is Jordan Leggett, I'm sorry. Both the tight ends, uh, they both, you know, next up in the receiving game here. Uh, 4.1 points and 2.8, so just nothing worthy of looking at here for fantasy for them. For the Tennessee Titans, so Marcus Mariota, while not a uh, not a great game here uh, for him, bounces back somewhat. Obviously, still looks a little injured. 
and with his elbow throwing elbow, when that thing is fully healthy, it's going to be very interesting to see what this offense can do. Because uh, I, I just really think uh, that Mariota is just getting under undersold, I guess. Uh, doesn't have a lot around him. Uh, but anyways, 22 points in this game, 282 with two touchdowns in the air, adds 43 yards on the ground. Great day for Marcus Mariota, and good to see him bouncing back for the running back. So Derrick Henry um, comes through for you yet again, 40 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown to get you 11.5 points in fantasy, and Deion Lewis continues to struggle. 36 yards on 6 carries, um, adds not much in the receiving game. A uh, whopping negative two yards, to to be exact, to get you a whopping 4.4 points. Uh, disappointing, really. Uh, Deion Lewis, I, I feel, is the by far the better and more explosive back uh, to see him just not getting use, utilized and not doing enough in this game and for this team is just honestly depressing. For the wide receivers, uh, three really, not, I wouldn't say great performances, but decent, good performances for the wide receivers here in this one. Corey Davis gets you 12 points in fantasy with 42 yards on three catches and a touchdown. You had uh, Taewon Taylor get you 11 points in fantasy with 104 yards on three catches. And Tajay Sharp, 6.6 points in fantasy with 51 yards on three catches as well. And the tight ends, Anthony Ferkser, don't you know her? I mean, what is he doing? He's Ferkson her. That's what he's doing. And it's ridiculous that they talk about him like that. Yeah, that was a bad joke, guys. I'm sorry. It sounded really good in my head, but now that I say it, I'm sorry. I would delete it, but I promised myself not to delete stuff because uh, I didn't want to be fake. So, you guys, I'm sorry for the last 30 seconds that you had to listen to that. Uh, and I understand if you don't want to listen anymore, you just burn burn this podcast. I, I understand after that one. Uh, but he does get you 11 points in fantasy with 42 yards on three catches and a touch. Literally the exact line that... uh. Corey Davis had pretty, uh, which is more interesting than than the joke that I told for sure. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle easily coming away with this one in Richard Sherman's return, 43-16. So for the 49ers, uh, Nick Mullins goes out there again as a starter. Uh, And while, at least in my opinion, doesn't have uh, the greatest of lines here, uh, put up a shit ton of yards 414 with two touchdowns, um, adds uh, nothing really in the rushing game there, but gets you 23 points in fantasy, one of the top finishers on the week, uh, which I'm sure everybody predicted. Jeffrey Wilson, the running back for the San Francisco 49ers, 61 yards on the ground, does uh, a lot of damage in the receiving game as well. Eight catches for 73 to get you 16 points in fantasy. Matt Breida just seven points with six yards on five carries and then 51 yards on three catches. Uh, Matt Breida already ruled out for this week's game. So Jeffrey Wilson, I think, is is a must-add, really, Um, because dude uh, can play wide receiver as well, was getting a lot of catches in this game. I think he's going to get a lot of run for the 49ers. Uh, Definitely uh, interesting... uh, an ad for an interesting ad for me is someone I think could be very interesting for the fantasy playoffs, and the wide receivers Dante Pettis, 129 yards on five catches and two touchdowns to get you 27.2 points. Just a great game from Pettis all around in this one. 
Um, no other real receivers did much of this. I mean, Kendrick Bourne gets you eight points in fantasy, uh, four catches for 60 yards. Um, you know, not a bad day for Kendrick Bourne. Uh, and then George Kittle obviously comes through for you in fantasy as well with 10 points, six catches on and 70 yards in this one for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, 24.8 points. Another good day for Russ. Uh, just continues to be dominant here in the second half of the season. 185 yards in the air on 17 passes and four touchdowns. That's exactly how he keeps doing it. Not passing it much, but when he does, God damn it, is he scoring touchdowns because he's sure as shit not putting up the yards. Uh, but, you know, still a great day from Russell Wilson for as limited as he's throwing the ball. I'm still astounded by how he's able to put up points the way that he is. For the running back, so Rashad Penny uh, here out carries. I'm sorry. No, he didn't. Chris Carson out carried him. Uh, 69 yards, though, for Chris Carson. 12.3 points in fantasy. Rashad Penny just barely beating him out. Seven carries for 65 yards and the touch to get him 12.5 points. We'll see if Rashad Penny ever takes over this backfield. I'm really starting to believe that it is going to happen here eventually as he's slowly cutting into Chris Carson's workload and at least at times looking to be the better back. For the wide receivers, Jerron Brown comes through for you, and I'm sure everybody started him, right? No, of course they didn't. 67 yards on three catches and two touchdowns to get you 20 points in fantasy. Tyler Lockett, who I do imagine a bunch of people started, continues his double-digit year here. 12.7 points in fantasy um, with you know a touchdown here and 60. I'm sorry, 52 yards all coming on the one catch. Uh, you know. Tyler Lockett, I think he's still going to be a stud the rest of the year. Definitely like the way that he's, at least in my opinion, broken out in uh, this year. Next up, the uh, well, at least what I thought was going to be an interesting afternoon game, the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. Minnesota here losing 10-24. to And Kirk Cousins, I mean, Kirky Kirk, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? Yeah, that's exactly what uh, all of uh, us Kirk Cousin owners were asking ourselves uh, coming toward the end of that afternoon game there Sunday as uh, Kirk just fell through yet again in this one. Just 10 points on the day. Uh, you know, 201 in the air, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, just coming up small again in a big game, and it sucks. I uh, love Kirk. Think he's an elite quarterback, but when he has and goes and does shit like this, it's ridiculous. Uh, but in, in all fairness, a lot of uh, elite quarterbacks and top end guys had rough days this week. Uh, hopefully, it did not cost you a playoff spot for the running back. So Dalvin Cook, eighty four yards on uh, on nine carries here. Not a bad day for him. Get you fourteen points in fantasy, of course, uh, helping with the twenty two yards and eight catches as well. Stephon Diggs leads all of the receivers um, in receiving yards in this one. Uh, also, obviously, has a good day in fantasy. Seven points. Obviously, you would hope for more, but he did go into this one banged up, dealing 
with the knee issue. It swelled it swelled up earlier in the day, so a lot of people not expecting him to play. Came out, uh, in my opinion, balled out to come out with your knee swollen and run and do everything that he did. Uh, just major props to that dude. Uh, Adam Thielen, though, led the day in fantasy points with 11.3 points, 28 yards on five catches, and getting the touchdown here. Uh, and Kyle Rudolph continues to be a little bit of a... Uh, uh, resurgence here toward the back half of the season. Not a great day, just five points in fantasy, but does get the 38 yards and three catches. De- definitely seems to be a little bit more involved in the game plan here um, compared to what we had seen earlier in the year. Uh, it's definitely good to see that. For the New England Patriots, so Teflon Tommy, Tom Brady, 15.9 points in fantasy, 311 in the air with one touchdown, one interception. But the most important part, adds five yards on the ground to reach 1,000 yards career rushing. Good for him. Loved it when they took the kneel down at the end of the game. Uh, he didn't even take a step back. Most quarterbacks will take a step back, lose a yard or two. He made sure not to do that, kneeled it right on the spot, pointed it out to the referees to make sure he didn't lose that yard. Uh, gotta love the petty there on Tom Brady uh, to make sure that he holds his thousand yards rushing in his career for the running backs James White leads the day in fantasy points 26 yards um, on six rushes as 92 yards on seven receptions to get you 15.3 points in fantasy Uh, James Devlin uh, that asshole continues to just vulture touchdowns from everybody five yards on four carries and two touchdowns to get you 13.9 points in fantasy just uh, extremely frustrating uh, and then Sony Michelle bringing up the uh, the rear here for the running back. 7.5 points in fantasy with 63 yards on 17 carries. For the wide receivers, Josh Gordon has himself another good game. Uh, first one in a little bit here. 13.3 points in fantasy with 58 yards on three catches and a touch. Um, and he's really the only one who does much of anything. You know, Julian Edelman, just seven points in fantasy, 25 yards um, on three catches. You obviously expect a lot more out of Edelman in this one. And Gronk, just 4.1 points with 26 yards on three catches as well. Uh, again, just a just a rough day all around for those two. Uh, but Josh Gordon and Tom Brady coming through for you in this one. Next up, we had the uh, very controversial Sunday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers comes through for you in fantasy. The old gunslinger of the old West there. 24 points in fantasy. 299 in the air with two touchdowns. Great game for Phillip Rivers as he kind of puts the the Chargers in pole position here. Again, still a wild card team because of how good the Chiefs have been. But they do get the Chiefs one more time. Uh, The Chiefs are, I believe, 10-2 at the moment. So, one loss. Uh, well, they did split it, so we'll have to. I don't know what the actual tiebreaker is after that. Uh, but the the Chargers not necessarily out of uh, winning the West and a first round bye at this point. For the running back, so obviously we saw Melvin Gordon was out uh, in this game. Will be out likely for at least another week here. We saw Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler here kind of leading the backfield. Austin Eckler getting the most carries but not doing much with them. Just 21 yards on 13 carries. Does add uh, 22 yards on 5 catches though to get you 6.8 points with Justin Jackson 
having a great day here. Just 19 yards in the receiving game, but 63 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. Again, love Justin Jackson coming out of Northwestern, someone I hyped up a lot. Thought he would steal Austin Eckler's role. Might see that next year with as good as Justin Jackson looked in this game, but uh, by far was uh, the best back um, in this one. Uh, and we'll see if he's able to steal some carries from Eckler going forward. Keenan Allen had himself a huge day. One of the, obviously, best wide receivers who's consistently overlooked here. 29.8 points in fantasy. 148 in the air with 14 catches and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Williams, a decent day here. I thought he'd have a bigger day. I called for it on Friday's podcast. 6.7 points in fantasy with just three catches and 52 yards. And Travis Benjamin, who I'm not even going to lie to you, I forgot was even still alive on this team. 11 points in fantasy as he gets you 44 yards on two catches and the touchdown for the Steelers here. So Big Ben, um, not necessarily a bad game NFL-wise. Uh, still has a decent day for you fantasy with 18 points in fantasy, uh, but just 281 in the air with two touchdowns and another crucial interception. Uh, you know, it is what it is with Big Ben. Uh, you expect that from him at this point. Uh, a decent day, though. Not as good as you would have hoped him being at home in a in what was somewhat of a shootout, 33-30. to James Conner. So he comes through for you before getting hurt in this one. 20 points in fantasy, 60 yards on 15 carries and two touchdowns, adds 14 yards in the receiving game. Uh, just saw earlier today that he is actually likely going to be out already this weekend due to the ankle injury being worse than many feared. That is not good news if you're counting on him for obviously the first week of the playoffs to lose someone that good. Uh, yeah, that that's not good at all. Uh, he hasn't, I believe, officially been ruled out, but I do believe Mike Tomlin did come out and say that there's a very good chance he's not going to play. We will talk more about that, though, on Thursday's podcast. For the wide receivers, Antonio Brown shows that he's still a wide receiver one as well. 26.4 points in fantasy with 154 yards on 10 catches and the touch. Juju struggles a little bit in this one as he does at times when uh, Brown is fed the ball as much as he is. Just six catches and 49 yards in this one. Um, You know, none of the tight ends really doing much of anything. Vance McDonald just 4.8 points. So, for the final game of Week 13, the one that ended it all, finished up the week, the regular season of the fantasy year in 2018, the Washington Redskins losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 13-28 for the Redskins. So, Colt McCoy obviously started out there. Um, if you saw a little bit before halftime, was running, fell, leg kind of whipped back, hit the defender, broke his leg Uh, just horrible for Colt McCoy. I really thought that he was going to be able to have a bounce back kind of year for him, at least, or have a good year here uh, leading the Redskins. Thought they still had a chance to make the playoffs, but now with him out, it is down to the Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, who was uh, signed just last week, I believe it was, uh, to come in, had to come in, play quarterback here, obviously didn't do much, just 3.8 points. Um, in fantasy, uh, you I don't know what to expect from him at this point. I would expect probably close to that effort every single week, but we'll see what happens with him. Just 100 yards and in the interception. Adrian Peterson, so interestingly enough, 
98 yards on nine carries and one touchdown to get you 15.8 points in fantasy. But what's interesting about that, he had a 90-yard touchdown run. So on his one run, he goes 90 yards, scores the touchdown. Then on his other eight runs, he gets one yard each time. Uh, very interesting. Did talk about how good Philly's defense is against the run, though, there. Uh, so just the fact that he got a 90-yard touchdown, uh, I think, is good news for him. Chris Thompson finally gets himself back in the lineup here and does absolutely nothing, getting you just two points in fantasy with three yards on three catches and then 18 yards in the receiving game uh, on three catches as well. Uh, Obviously hoping that that uh, upticks a little bit more for him, someone who we might need going into the fantasy playoffs. Wide receivers here talked about it. I thought Josh Doxson was going to have a good game here. Not great. Just 51 yards on three catches, six points in fantasy. But uh, for Josh Doxson, I think if you're a Josh Doxson and you take that because uh, he has been pretty horrible all year long and really since all his entire career. Uh, Jordan Reed doesn't do much of anything either, who I thought might have a big game here. Just four points in fantasy with 21 yards on four catches. Though, I do think some of that had to do with the fact that Colt McCoy was knocked out. For the Philadelphia Eagles side of things here, Carson Wentz, 20 points in fantasy, looking good uh, yet again uh, after two weeks of not looking good. So it was good to see him bounce back a little bit here. 306 in the air with two touchdowns. Um, you know, great game for Wentz. Uh, will be very interesting to see him next week as he'll be going up against the uh, Dallas Cowboys defense, which uh, we have touted all year long and is one of the better ones. For the running backs, we talked about it yesterday. This was going to be a clusterfuck. Uh, The good news is all these guys finish very close to each other when it comes to fantasy. So Josh Adams, 8.5 points in fantasy, 85 yards on 20 carries, still doing really good. That's 4.3 yards in average, guys. That's above league average. I love Josh Adams here, uh, but doesn't do much of anything in the receiving game because it all goes to Corey Clement, who gets 47 yards on three catches. He adds in 27 yards on the ground to get you 7.9 points in fantasy. And, of course, Darren Sproles, who returned to the lineup in this one, 22 yards on four carries and a touchdown. Uh, like uh, Much like Josh Adams doesn't do anything in the receiving game, but gets you 8.2 points in fantasy. Highly doubt all three of these guys continue to put up points like this every single week. Uh, so definitely something I would stay away from personally. For the wide receivers, uh, definitely got this one wrong. Going to have to take the L on that. Golden Tate, uh, who scored a touchdown in this one, gets 85 yards on seven catches and a touchdown. Obviously did not expect him uh, to put up the numbers that he did uh, with the offensive coordinator coming out and saying that they were struggling to find ways to implement him in the offense. Well, they sure shit figured it out Monday night, uh, getting him the ball the way that they did. Nelson Aguilar, 7.6 points in fantasy in this one, 56 yards on four catches. And Alshon Jeffrey, I thought, looked good at times, but they just could not get him the ball enough. 4.6 points in fantasy um, with just 31 yards on three catches. But my man, the tight end one, the guy I love, guy I can't believe I traded in one of my main leagues, 12.8 points for Zach Ertz, the best tight end in the game at the moment. 83 yards on nine catches, getting closer and closer to breaking Jason Witten's single-season record. Uh, They were talking about it on the Monday Night Podcast. Likely, I think he'll break it next week, actually, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Irony for that. Um, But definitely a great game for him, and you would expect that going forward. So... That is all of the games for Week 13, guys. Hopefully you guys made it into your playoffs. Uh, I'm wishing you the best of luck going forward if you did. If you didn't, there's always DFS. Um, and I'll try and uh, address that 
part of the game a little bit more going forward here uh, with the rankings and the preview stuff that we'll get into later in the week uh, to kind of help those of you who have already been knocked out of your playoffs. If you did make it in, congratulations. The real work starts now, guys. This is it. Three more weeks to win your guys' leagues uh, for the trophies, the money, but most importantly, the bragging rights. I know, just speaking for myself here, love getting my trophies. We've got a couple big uh, home money leagues. Uh, I love getting the trophies, you know, get my name on them, be honest. Uh, my main dynasty league, I have yet to win it. Five years in, I finished third three fucking times. Uh, didn't make the playoffs one time. Right now, sitting as the second seed, uh, so definitely hoping to push for a championship as I would love to win it just to talk to trash. I, I w- Yeah, I want the trophy, want the money, but God, the trash. Just, you know, oh, I cannot wait. Uh, my other big money league here, uh, Redraft League, I've won it three out of four years. Uh, repeat champion, hoping to go for a three-peat, and I've been talking all kinds of trash in that one this year, so really hoping to back it up, because uh, if I lose, obviously it's going to be semi-embarrassing uh, to face up to the music on that one, uh, but did get a buy in both of those, so if you got a buy, you know you're feeling pretty good about life right now, knowing you don't have to worry so much this week, but next week's going to be big. If you didn't get a buy, uh, rankings will be out Thursday morning, so get ready for those. We'll have a podcast Thursday afternoon. Nope podcast tomorrow uh thursday afternoon we'll have a podcast talking about rankings uh and then obviously preview the thursday night game uh you know guys just enjoy the next couple days off look at the waiver wires probably not much on there but um you know gus edwards jeffrey wilson as we talked about for the 49ers definite ad for me um but you know just pay attention to him get ready guys because Come Thursday, we're starting the fantasy playoffs, and this is where this is it's nut cutting time at this point, guys. This is where all of it comes together. This is when it really matters. This is when we got to make the smart decisions, trust our guts, uh, and play our studs, and hope to get that championship, baby. So, thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. I will be back on Thursday again with rankings and a Thursday night preview. Until Thursday, guys, have yourselves a great couple days, and I'll talk to you guys then peace prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready do you got your popcorn ready i came out the wrong line already and he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honored if you played football for this team throw it up above his head they can't jump with me golly only tackle in the four yard line who can make a play i can't who can make a play i can't